Good morning, Blue Water. How are you folks doing today? <laughs> awesome. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to take a little bit of time as um, Rolo was doing announcements. I just felt prompted uh, for us to just honor those who have been steadfast, yeah, like through this year at Blue Water, like the, the folks who have been doing stuff behind the scenes, the folks that have been like praying and, and running the prayer line and just all of the different pieces. Um, and so would the, the Blue Water staff and leaders just stand really quickly? Um, so Blue Water staff and leaders, ministry leaders, would you guys stand? And, and church, let's just honor these guys uh, for their steadfastness, uh, for their faithfulness, for the ways that they've covered us. Yeah, the board members, ways that they've covered us, ways that they've been pouring out for us throughout this time. Um, we just thank you folks and we just honor you folks. Um, my name is Danny. I have the, um, the privilege of being able to, to speak to this sermon series. Um, we've been in this series on the everyday Bible. And so it's been such a gift to me to get to hear from other folks in the church about just their, their personal time with the Lord. Um, and that's been so amazing. Um, today I get a chance to share a little bit about um, just my time with God, like my prayer time, um, and, and what that looks like, how I dive into scripture. Um, and today we're going to be looking at one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Um, we'll look at Psalm 139. Um, and it's one that I go back to often um, that speaks to me super personally. Um, this particular psalm was written by David, and it's so beautiful. He's speaking directly to the Lord. Um, and one thing that I, I appreciate about this psalm um, and in scripture in general, is like we as folks reading this like thousands of years later, get just a snapshot into somebody's encounter with God. Yeah, somebody's intimate moment with God. David is writing directly to his creator. He's writing directly to God. And yet as I read it, or as I listen to it, um, there's a grace on that that I'm able to receive all of these years later, and I'm able to learn from his process. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping for us to get to do today. Um, here are some of the truths that he speaks over himself based on the revelation that God gives him. And we just get to see his process and his intimacy with, uh, with the Lord. So I'm just going to pray for us really quickly. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. And you are good. We, we invite you to have your way. We say, um, search us, Lord. Like, would you deposit any truths that you would have for us today? And would you just be glorified and blessed um, by this gathering? And so in Psalm 139, um, I feel like David gives us this blueprint um, based on his life for how to cultivate intimacy with the Lord. Yeah, he gives us this blueprint for how to cultivate intimacy with the Lord in a way that speaks directly to our identity based on what God says about us. Um, and in a way that I believe can transform us into the radical lovers that we were created to be and that the world, especially in this time, desperately, desperately needs. Um, and so to me, one of the main things that I get out of this psalm is, is that piece of intimacy. Right? Like David is writing directly to his God um, and he's speaking about ways that the Lord is pursuing him in, in all of these different trials and in all of these different seasons. Um, and what I think is so amazing is that in spite of his flaws, right? like we've hear, heard about David, in spite of all of his flaws, the Lord honors him as being a man after his heart. Like he, is, he has resolved himself 
to pursue the heart, to pursue the face, to pursue the character of God in every season. Um, and because of that, God honors him and blesses him with, with Jesus. Like Jesus is in his family line because of that. And so for me, intimacy is something that I try to resolve myself to cultivate with God. Yeah, like that there would be nothing between me and my Lord because I know from that place, um, there's no way that I can love myself. There's no way that I can love others. There's no way that I can love the rest of creation and be a steward of that um, if I am not cultivating that intimacy with the Lord. Everything flows from that place. Um, the second thing that I feel like this psalm speaks to me about um, is that of identity. Yeah, like G uh, um, David is, is sharing and speaking these truths that he knows about his identity because of what God says about him. Um, and those, although David is sharing very personally, I think those are the truths that we can, we can grab and that we can stand on today. Um, identity, I think part of why I'm, I'm drawn to this passage is that identity is probably one of the, the biggest areas um, in my life personally that the enemy will try to use to distract me or to get me off course. Yeah, to get me distracted from, from my calling. And that could look a lot of different ways. It could look like insecurity. It could look like comparison. Um, it could look like this need to, to be justified or this need to be right. It could look like the need to please others, the need to perform. And, I, and all of those things for me are kind of clues um, that there's something, there's something more that I need to stand on about who the Lord says about me. Um, and so I also recognize that when I'm fully resting, and fully confident in who God made me to be, in the beauty and in the grace and in, in the authority of that, all of those things become non-issues. Um, and I am able to focus in on what exactly the Lord is calling me to do and not get distracted by every, everything else. And I think when we look at the life of Jesus, um, he does that and represents that so powerfully. Yeah, in the gospel, we see that as soon as he's baptized, um, Holy Spirit takes him into the desert and he's tempted, right, for 40 days. And we, we focus on those three temptations. But I think it's significant that what the enemy says to, to Jesus in that time is, if you are the son of God, like that's the, the first part. He, he baits Jesus, right, to question his identity. If you are the son of God. And if Jesus was a little bit insecure, if Jesus was, was a little bit off in terms of who he was as a son and his relationship and foundation with his father, he might have responded completely differently and it would have totally distracted him from his calling and his purpose that he was there in the first place. Um, and so I think that the, the fact that Jesus responds with scripture, the fact that Jesus responds with the truths that he knows about who God is and about who we were created to be um, is, is a tool and is telling for us. And so when I go through Psalm 139, um, that's something that, that I, I often try to pull, right? Like I, I, try to dem uh, I try to stand on the truth of what I, what I hear from this. And so let's take a look at some of the truths that David lays out. Well, we'll start off by reading um, verses 1 through, 1 through 12. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. 
You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Um, and so I invite you folks, even in this next couple of weeks, there's so much here to just kind of like sit with these scriptures and pour over them and allow the Lord to speak to you. Um, what I'll do is I'll just highlight some of the truths that I pull from, from these scriptures. Um, and so one of the first ones um, is that God loves you. Yeah, like the creator of the universe. Like if we could just sit with that. Like the creator of the universe loves you um, and is constantly pursuing you. Completely separate of whether or not we know that he's pursuing us. Completely separate of whether or not we want him to pursue us. The truth is that the creator of the universe loves us and is constantly pursuing us. Um, the second one is that God knows everything about you. Everything. And he still loves you. Yeah, and I think that that's so good. Like it's, it's separate from anything that I could think anything that I could say, anything that I could do, his love for me is constant. Um, and the, the third thing is that God is never far from you, even when you might want him to be. Even in those seasons when we're running, even in those seasons when we're distancing ourselves or disobedient or whatever it might be, right? Like God is never far from us. Um, and for me, it's been powerful to, to stand on these truths um, and to to stand and reflect back on every season of my life. Yeah, the, the times where I felt super close to the Lord and the times where I felt nothing. Um, and so I can look back at these encounters that I've had as a child or as a teenager um, with, with the Spirit in worship. And then I can also look back of times of incredible loneliness. Yeah, when the Lord was my comforter and my protector and was super gracious when I didn't even know it, when I didn't feel anything, yeah? And, and the, being able to stand on that truth and look back at those times and ask the Lord sometimes, like, Lord, where were you? Like, I know that this is the truth. I know the truth is that you're constantly pursuing me, but I need you to speak into that. I need you to show me. Um, and that's something that has been such a blessing to me personally. Yeah, I can look at the times in my life of, of rebellion, like times when I was trying to distance myself from the Lord, times where I was ignoring the prompts of his spirit, yeah, times where I was questioning whether or not this God was somebody that, that I could follow um, or I wanted to follow or I wanted to cultivate a relationship. Like I can see the Lord's pursuit of me even in those seasons when I was completely undeserving. And then I can also see the Lord's pursuit of me in those seasons where he was asking me to lay down what felt like everything. Yeah, like the relationships that felt the most precious to me at that time. Like the, the things that felt most precious to me and this, this stripping away that his heart in that was to pursue my heart. 
Like his heart in that was that I would see him, was that I would know him, that I would feel him, and that I would begin to trust him and love him um, and, and begin to love myself out of that place. Um, and so standing on these truths, I would invite us and encourage us to cultivate that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, well, we stand on these truths and then look back at all of these seasons in our life and look at our history with God and use that as our history in going forward. Yeah, so that no matter what we, we deal with, those are always the things that we, we return to. Um, we're going to keep reading. And so we'll go on to um, verses 13 to 18 um, in the psalm. And so he says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the, in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Yeah, and so there, there are so many things that I can receive from that. I'll just highlight a few here. Um, one is that, again, like the creator of the universe formed you. Yeah, he formed me. He loves me. Um, that, that you were knit together with care with intention and with purpose. And I think that's significant because that is completely separate. Like we said before, that is completely separate from anybody else's intention for you. Yeah, anybody else's choices regarding you, anybody else's words spoken over you. The fact that you were created by God with care and with intention and with purpose is completely separate from all of that. Like, we can rest in that. Um, a third point is that, like, God's thoughts about each of us is immeasurable, right? They outnumber the grains of sand. Those are the, the number of things that he, he speaks over us, right? That he, he thinks about us, all of those amazing things that God holds for us. And the last one um, that I've been sitting with a lot and has kind of, like, wrecked me as I've been prepping for this is that, like, your life is sacred. I think just to, to sit with that. Um, in the NIV, verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and that process of being formed in the dark of the womb, it's one of fear and it's one of wonder. And so that tells me that that's a holy process. Yeah, there's awe and there's wonder involved in that. And so the life that comes from that place is sacred, like it's a holy one. And so it's a bit convicting for me to think about, okay, if I am the Lord's handiwork, is the way I think about myself, is the way that I carry myself reflective that my life is sacred, is the way that I think about others um, and that I, that I interact with others, is it reflective of that level of respect that the the creator of the universe placed pieces of himself in them that, that are good. Um, and that's, that's a pause of reflection for me. 
Um, these are verses that I pray from often, both for myself when I need reminders and, I, and when I need to get on track, as well as for other people that I'm contending for. And part of that is because regardless of what things look like in the situation, regardless of what things look like, this is the truth, that the Lord of the universe is constantly pursuing these people that I care about so much, is constantly pursuing these people that I love. He's placed pieces of himself in these people um, that I care about then and has purpose and has a calling on their life. And so whether it's interceding for, um, for folks that are battling addiction or folks that are dealing with mental health issues or folks that are contending for, for breakthrough, for physical healing um, or need to have a word or, or folks that, um, that I'm praying for that, that don't know the Lord yet, right? The truth is that no matter how much I love them, the Lord is constantly pursuing them. Um, and he loves them immeasurably more than I could, than I could, and I could imagine. Um, and, and I think the other good news is that this is true even of those people that, like, we are not contending for. Yeah, even, of, even with those people that, like, are not our favorite people. This same thing is true, and it is completely separate from anything that I could feel, anything that I could think, my opinion about anyone. Um, and it's from that place that we see this radical grace and this radical love of, of the Father, um, of the Lord. Um, one thing that I wasn't planning to share, but this morning when I got into the parking lot, the Lord kept bringing it up. And so um, this is also um, a way that, that I contend for people that I have conflict with. Um, I had an experience where somebody close to me, um, we went through stuff that was like deeply painful. Um, and during my prayer time, one of the things that the Lord did uh, was he just, my, my question to God was like, Lord, what is your heart for this person? Like, what are the things that you've placed in this person that I'm just not seeing? Um, what are my blind spots? Like, what are the things that I need to see? And what the Lord did was he just showed me these different snapshots in this person's life, like things that I had no idea about, um, and, and allowed me to partner with him in, in blessing this person in each of those moments and speaking these truths from this first part of Psalm 139 over them. Yeah, that they are a child of God, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that the Lord has a plan and a purpose for them. And there's breakthrough in that place. And that was super um, just meaningful. And it, sh it shifted my heart in a way that I could continue loving radically in the way that the Lord was calling me to. Um, another thing that this Psalm teaches me a lot about is the importance of bringing my full self to God. Yeah, the, the next few verses are actually the ones that are the most challenging for me, uh, for those who've, who've read through this before. Um, it feels like David kind of flies off the handle a little bit um, in a way that is, is kind of abrasive. And so I'll read through verses um, 19 through 22. David says, Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them, and I count them my enemies. Yeah, and so like we, we come out of this super holy moment, right? This like super intimate moment between David and God and then he, like David's humanity shows up um, and he starts sharing these things that feel a bit violent to me um, and that feel like they're just lacking grace. Um, and just to be completely honest and, and transparent, like I think these verses for me personally just trigger some like historical trauma things in that a lot of this similar language is used to justify violence and, and genocide against Native communities. And so oftentimes, like, this section is, is hard for me. And I've totally been, 
been um, guilty of like reading the first part and then just kind of skipping over this part and then reading verses 23 and 24. But if I sit with this and if I really look for David's heart and the Lord's heart in this, um, I can pull out some truths that, I, that are good for me to know and good for me to hear. One is that there is nothing that I cannot bring to the Lord, right? There's nothing that I cannot bring to the Lord. And God is not afraid of my humanity. Like he made our emotions. He made me. He knows my thoughts before I even speak them. And so there's nothing that I can't bring to God. He is the only one that can handle those parts of us. And he wants us to bring that to him and to lay that at his feet. And so that's something that, that I, I continue to, to learn from. Um, and to understand. Yeah, David hides nothing from the Lord, and that is, is a, a key part of his, his intimacy. Um, just to, to share honestly, like this, this past year, um, the things that I have needed to bring to the Lord um, from myself, like I have lamented, and I have poured out um, my frustration, um, and brought what I have felt like is, is righteous anger, um, to the Lord in seeing the, the violence and in seeing like what I have perceived as a disregard or a disrespect for human life. Um, and that's been one of, one of my main, like I, I feel like I've prayed more through tears in this last season than perhaps ever. Um, and just really getting with God and being like, Lord, I feel like, I feel like your heart is grieved. Like I feel like this is your heart. Um, to see like these individuals, these ones that you, like these ones that my God created with intention, like these ones that my God knit together in their mother's womb, these ones that my God has a plan and a purpose for their lives, to see lives being disregarded in that way. Like, Lord, I feel like this grieves your heart and it grieves mine. Um, and it's been such a blessing to me to pour that out before the Lord and to allow him um, to just minister and, and meet me in that place. Um, and it's been incredibly, incredibly healing. Um, one thing that I've learned in my walk with the Lord um, is just the importance of that grace, the importance of humility, and the importance of just being super mindful of the condition of my heart. Um, and that's something that I try to, to guard at all costs is, is keep my heart soft and tender before God, um, and protect it from any and all bitterness. Like in my life, I have seen what bitterness and what unforgiveness um, does. And, and the, the fruit of that is not what my God has for my life. And it's not what he has for us, right? Like if I allow those things to take root in me, um, what comes out of that um, is that I can't see or can't know how to love myself how to love others, how to love the rest of creation. And the way that I do that is always going to be a little bit off because those things keep, keep me separate from the Lord. They become barriers between me and God. And so the importance of pouring myself out and then posturing my heart with just this humility and tenderness where it's like, Lord, but like you show me. Like show me, convict me, like I submit this to you. These are things I feel like, like are precious to you and are super precious to me, but like show me because you are good and you are pursuing, um, pursuing me and pursuing the rest of humanity. Um, and so as we continue reading, right, like we see that David models for us how to cultivate 
this humble and this repentant heart, right? He just flew off the hat. He just shared all of those things. And then he pauses and he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Um, And for me, this is something that I pray from often because it's not if I have blind spots, it's just where they are. Um, And so in times that I'm feeling good, like in times that where there's a healthy confidence in the Lord, this is my prayer. Like, Lord, if there's anything in me that will take that confidence and authority and turn it into pridefulness, like, would you show me? Like, would you, would you reveal those things to me? Um, this is my prayer, absolutely, like when I have conflict with others. Yeah, Lord, would you, would you keep my heart soft and would you show me what I'm missing? Like, would you show me the things that are not, sub- like in me, the things in me that are not submitted to you? Like, would you show me those things? Would you search me? Would you point out the things that are hard-hearted in me that I can submit them to you and that you would tenderize that, that place? Because it's only through your love that I could love this person. Like, that's the only way. It's only by your grace. Um, and in this season, these verses, like 23 to 24, have, have guided my prayers for myself as well as my prayers for, for our larger church body. Um, I think one of my questions to the Lord in this season has, has truthfully been like, God, are we as your bride, like are we as your church being the radical lovers and reconcilers that we were created to be? Like, are we operating in this radical love that you demonstrated, Jesus, and that, that this world desperately needs? And, and like, if we're not, God, like, would you show us what needs to shift? because that's our heart, like that is our heart's desire, that's why we're built, that's why we're here on this earth, is to be radical lovers, because that's what this world needs. Um, And so more personally, uh, some of my questions for myself, um, and some of my questions to the Lord have, have been like, does the Micronesian community, does the Micronesian community in Kalihi know that they are loved? And do they know that they are welcome here on Sundays? Yeah. Do they know that? Um, do our black brothers and sisters know that, that they are loved and cherished? Um, and do they feel safe and protected by the family of God? Like, do they know that? Has that been affirmed in their spirit? Um, do our Asian family members who know you, God, and who don't know you yet, like, have they felt seen and have they felt cared for by the body of Christ? Like, are there... Are their lives, like have we shown them that their lives are valued and the lives of their elders are precious to you, God? Have we been reflections of that? Um, And do our Latino brothers and sisters know that the future of their families and the futures of their children are precious to you and that they matter to you and that they matter to us as a church because we love you? And so like if they don't know that, then Lord, show us Like, that is our heart. Like, our heart is to demonstrate this radical love that you've called us to. And so if they don't know that, Lord, would you show us another way? Like, show us what we're missing. Affirm the things that we're doing well. um, And show us anything that we need to do, any ways that we need to pivot in this season. Like, we are are submitted to you. Um, And so as we as we close, I'm I'm just gonna allow some time for the Lord to just speak and minister. 
um, for those who feel like you need to just hear from the Lord yourself. Yeah, like we, we hear these scriptures, but you need like a personal word, a personal affirmation for yourself. Um, I would invite you to just ask the Lord, God, what do you love about me? Yeah, God, what do you love about me? What amazing things have you placed in me? Um, and let him minister to that, to that place. And it's always going to be good. If you're not hearing something good, that is not God's voice. Yeah, what do you love about me? Um, if you are, you've been feeling like you've been holding anything back from the Lord that you just want to bring before him, I invite you during this time to just lay those things at his feet um, and allow him to minister in that place. And if you feel like the Lord, like you just need a heart check, I invite you to pray those verses 23 um, to 24. Yeah, Lord, search me and know me. Point out anything in me that's offensive to you. Um, and so, God, we just invite you to come. We thank you that you're already here. We invite you to speak and to minister. Lord, we bless you and we thank you for your grace. And we just give you this time to, to speak, Lord. One thing I uh, always love about Danny <clears throat> is that she, uh, she chews her food thoroughly, uh, by which I mean she takes a, you know, a passage like Psalm 139 today, and she, she doesn't just figure out what it means, uh, she tries to figure out all that it means, you know? And Psalms are great for that sort of exercise because they are designed to be reflective. And I just thought it was so cool the way that she pointed out how so many of the Psalms are so deeply human. You know, they're not theology lessons. They're kind of just uh, reflections of the heart. And uh, because we're humans, that can be so helpful to us as we navigate. And, and the prompts that she gave are so great, particularly for a communion Sunday uh, as we share communion today. Um, uh, you know, what, what is it the Lord loves about you? And uh, a lot of us uh, are, uh, I think, afraid of where that question might take us. A great... Uh, a great piece of food to chew thoroughly, though, if you get my meaning. And then, you know, where, where our heart's hard, uh, what are we holding against God or what are we holding against each other? Where do we need to be soft? Uh, the Bible says, uh, with respect to communion, with respect to sharing the Lord's Supper together, that, that it is wise as you approach the altar to consider offensive things in you and to try to do a little business uh, as you approach so that you get the full benefit of uh, the sacrifices of the altar and the full benefit of communion with God and communion with one another. <clears throat>